Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the moment you've always been waiting for, the very fifth episode of Movies for Breakfast. Da-da-da! With your host, John Risky Bolts and Logan Anderson. Hey, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good, all things considered. Going to Florida tomorrow, as you know. That's exciting. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, I got yeah. a little. I <laughs> uh, got a cat here. Uh, no, that's awesome. Uh, what what you doing over in Florida? If you want to tell the fine folks. Oh yeah, I'm actually uh, shooting a music video for an artist named Hercules in Florida, and then right after that on Friday, I'm flying from Florida to Oregon to shoot a music video with um, another artist. I don't know if I can name yet. Awesome sauce, man. I'm glad to hear it. Awesome. Okay, so here's the real question, though. How was your week in movies? Uh, My week in movies was particularly slower than normal. I saw the two movies we're doing for this week's show, and then I only had time for one more movie. Uh, That was Revenge, a French film from 2017 directed by Coralie Farragay. It's a really super kind of violent movie about a woman that gets caught up in a situation with a bunch of creepy dudes and she basically gets her revenge on them. It's, it's a very basic movie, but it's shot in a way that's visually stunning. It looks incredible and it's kind of dark and sort of fun. It's super gory. I love the blood effects that are like everywhere in that movie. Uh, it's on shutter. I, at least at last I've checked, it still is. So if you want to check something different, it's, not a horror movie in the traditional sense. I'd say Shudder has a uh, revenge and uh, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, I was going to say, there's no one really a big name from it. Uh, the director still hasn't made her second feature yet. I'm looking forward to seeing it when it happens. Okay. So yeah, I wrote that down. I'm starting to write down my, uh, my movies I've never heard of that you, that you bring up. I really like that. Nice. Um, so at least you were able to get one in there this week. Mine was a little slower too. But I did have three movies and a TV show. Um, The TV show um, was the newest half season of the Ozarks. I don't know if you've seen that. I haven't. That's the the Jason Bateman show? Yeah, it's like, imagine Jason Bateman in the world of Breaking Bad-esque. That's what I, that's the vibe I get when I see it. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely recommend that. And the new season is pretty dope. It took me a second to get into it. I tried, I tried watching it right when it came out and it just, it was so long since I've watched the previous seasons that it kind of just uh, forgot a lot. So I had to kind of watch a couple of recaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched three movies all in the same series, gearing up for uh, something that's coming up. You, you, you guessing where I'm going with this? I think I might, but please go ahead. Um, the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight trilogy. So I guess that's Batman Begins. Wow. Um, okay. Uh, the Dark Knight Rises masterpiece, and then um, um, uh, Batman Ends. No, uh, the, Dark the Dark Knight, Knight Rises. Yeah. 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 yeah so uh, all three excellent films. The the masterpiece being the middle one similar to star wars with the empire strikes back but um the dark knight rises or no the i mean the dark knight is one one of the greatest uh superhero movies uh and i'm looking forward to the new batman so i watched all three of those 
I'm sure you've seen those, right? Oh yeah. Uh, I was gonna say uh, I haven't been back to see the the uh, the Dark Knight trilogy really in a little bit. Um, I was gonna say if you, uh, hmm. uh, what's funny is I actually remember. So do you remember when the Dark Knight first? Oh, you froze. came out. It was like what? Oh, sorry, you were frozen there for a second. Did the oh, no. froze? No, uh, when they did the Dark Knight, uh, when it came out in theaters, it was like uh, hot off the heels of Heath Ledger's death. That they basically like it played in the theaters, and it went from like I swear it went from like February, like not February. It was like April or May, all the way till freaking August. Yeah, you remember that? It was in the theaters for a long time. Yeah, and. and um, yeah, and it, it stuck struck with tragedy. Obviously, the Dark Knight Rises had its own tragedy involved with it, you know, with that shooting. Um, yeah. Oh my God, I forgot all about that. Yeah. Yeah, and it sucks that that's you know attached to that movie, you know, but mm-hmm. obviously not the movie's fault. But it's, um, but you know, uh, the movies themselves. It's it's interesting because I've seen all three, obviously. And I've seen The Dark Knight multiple times, but mm-hmm. I never once watched them um, back to back like that. I never did that, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, I did, you know, with years in between waiting for the sequels and stuff. But it actually it, it works like really well. Um, I, I think I think it really it, it works really well that, you know, they end up back at that pit where, you know, and they they throw some curveballs that. You know, I don't know. I just I thought it was really good. The, I really like Bane as a character. I like what mm-hmm. they did with him. I like his voice. And I like that he goes like this. Do you oh, feel yeah. in charge? <laughs> I can't do his voice. But... No, I I love like, that. He's like, like this. Do you feel in charge? I was that okay? Maybe I can I can make myself do this thing. Uh, I used to do this thing where it's a no one cared who I was until I put on the mask. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a line. Yeah, She's like, "You merely live in the dark. I was born in it." Like, <laughs> I love that. I was ahead of my time with COVID. I always wore a mask. That's very oh, good. Your, yours is better. <laughs> I, I, you know what's okay. So how? I, here's a here's a topical question, I guess, because. I think we all are kind of in the mindset Batman Begins is a really good Batman movie. Dark Knight is top, top tier. What is your take on Dark Knight Rises? Because I remember that's a movie that I remember I saw it in the theater and it was like nothing was going to be as good as the Dark Knight was. And when I watched it, I, I, I got out of the theater. I'm like, this movie's pretty good. This is excellent. It's It's not as good as Dark Knight, obviously, but it's great. And then that's a movie I think about. And when I start thinking about all the problems, it kind of goes down for me. But when I'm just watching it and I'm not thinking, like, really putting thought into it, it's a movie I really enjoy. Like, what's yeah, your take it. on it? Um, I would say it's best experience, like I just did, where you watch all three together almost. Um, or maybe, like, you know, within the same week, with how yeah. I did. Um, but... It's yeah, you're right. It's not as good as, um, as Dark Knight as the Dark Knight, but it's not. Some people call it bad, or no, I don't think so at all. I think it really, it's really good. It's entertaining. It brings characters. It's 
Um, it's um, I think I mean there's a couple of problems with it, but like there's problems with every movie, you know. What I mean, I'm, I remember I was watching uh, The Dark Knight, um, and the person I was watching it with. Uh, well, you know the scene where he's robbing the bank at the very beginning, yeah. And like he has the bus, and then there's a gap in the buses, mm-hmm. and he pulls out and gets in. And they're like, "Oh, that's really perfectly convenient." And I was thinking, I was, what I thought of that was, no, the Joker is so intricate that he somehow did something to make that gap in those buses happen. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's how good he is. You know, not how lucky he is. Yeah. Um, but then you know, there's a there's a it's a little cheesy. The Dark Knight Rises, you know, with the whole the autopilot's out, and whenever you see a character die, but you don't actually see it, you know, they're not dead. Yeah, you know. Um, but he'll probably be back in the Flash movie. I think. I think Christian Bale's going to make a secret cameo. He could. That's the funny thing about this about the, these universes, especially that because. I've heard one big one that like brain meltingly awesome one. So I, I'm excited for that flash movie. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it's, I wonder if it's the same one that I heard. Um, cover your ears guys. If you don't want to hear it. Cause I got, I want to ask you about it. So I'll go like this. If you can mute it. I'll go like this. Well, some people only listen to the audio. Um, we'll discuss it after the show, but let's yeah, just say, how about that? Yeah, we, no can, we got some stuff to talk about there, but okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. And then, um, yeah, so that's, that's the movies I saw this week. Other nice. than the ones that we, uh, are going to discuss the main ones. All right. But first, um, in honor of one of the movies on our list, which is a disaster movie called, uh, Moonfall. Um, we decided this, well, I mean, uh, this was another one of your brilliant ideas, I think, but it was the top 10, uh, disaster movies, five from each of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I know you got your list. I, I got my list actually wrote it out this time, so I don't forget it. Nice. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, yeah, you want to lead us off here with your number five? Sure. Uh, so here's the big thing is so I'm not, and I'll, I'll get into it more when we get into the review. I'm not the biggest fan of disaster movies. But for me, I I actually found a small list of the ones that I do enjoy. Uh, and one of them is one that a lot of people don't care for the director, but I'm actually kind of okay on. I want to see his new movie, uh, but it's Michael Bay's Armageddon from 1998. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I know it's a stupid movie, but I think we'll kind of learn from tr- those movies. It's like, they're ridiculous, but I think it's how much fun are you having with it being ridiculous? And Armageddon's pretty darn ridiculous, but <laughs> it's a pretty effective little drama in places. It's a fun action movie. Uh, it's 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 a it's a fun movie, and I mean it's freaking Michael Bay. He he finds a way to make this stuff look beautiful while he does it. So I mean, say what we will about the guy, he made a movie that people still think about, and it's in the Criterion for crying out loud. So. Yeah, yeah, that is true. It is in the Criterion Collection, which um, maybe unpopular opinion. I think a lot of Michael Bay's movies should be. I'm one of those Michael Bay fans, but everybody really is. They pretend they're not, I think, but they show up and they pay millions and billions of dollars to watch his movies. So I definitely would agree with that. It's not on my list, Armageddon, but it would have been number six. I probably Ooh, nice. Kid. Actually, it'd probably be probably be number seven 
because number six would have been that I almost put on a list that didn't uh, was Titanic. Um, you know, nice, yeah. nice yeah. pull. It's not on my list. Yeah, yeah, it almost made it, but I was very, I was like, I took a lot of time to think about my list. The one that did make it as number five, uh, the movie I've seen when I was a kid, it, it scared me because of how, um, I think because they had kids my age in it, it involves a volcano. It is Dante's Peak. Okay, this is number four on my list. Please okay. go ahead, sir. Oh, cool. So perfect time to discuss it then. Yeah. My number five, your number four. Um, it, it made my list mainly because it's a movie that I've watched multiple, multiple times growing up. Um, mm-hmm. The effects still stand up. I mean, they don't, they're not perfect, obviously, but they still stand up. They use a lot of miniatures and practicals, great use of miniatures. Um, Pierce Brosnan, that is Pierce Brosnanist. Um, great acting. Um, yeah, just all around fun action movie. I don't really have anything negative about it. There's some uh tropey parts, I guess you could say, but um it's just people surviving a volcano, but it, it starts out like real slow, scary, with like you just seeing little clues of bad things happening, you know, mm-hmm. like with the the uh the naked swimmers in the uh, sulfur. Oh, yeah. It's almost like a horror movie in that ad, especially when you're a kid watching like I was. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, and then, um, yeah, so, yeah, so I, definitely that's why I made my number four. I yeah, mean, I my number s- five. Oh, your number five, yeah. My, yeah, I was going to say Dante's Peak is one of the ones that I did rewatch a number of times as a kid. That was the one that, the thing that always the scene that always got me the part where the grandma is in the uh she jumps into the river and it's like acid or whatever that scene is yeah. still pretty hard like it's hard man it it's a good movie uh Lyndall Hamilton's in that just coming off of Terminator 2 and all that in phenomenal actress i think she's doing the be- you know she's doing a really good job there and there's a really good supporting cast uh one of them I, I can't remember the actor's name, but he's gotten like a bunch of stuff in like uh, True Lies. I'm finding the actor's name now, but uh, there's one dude's in there's actually like a really good character actor that's part of like the the gang of weather people or whatever. It's it's good stuff. Yeah, you're right. It is. Um, there's no way if you don't remember it, I don't. But I'm I'm finding it while we're going ahead, but. Uh, no, and it's been a while s- since I've watched Dante speak. I'm just talking about this makes me want to rewatch it again for sure. Oh yeah, now I'm finding it right now. Uh, oh, that's weird. There was a TV show based off of Dante's Peak. I guess that's weird. Oh, oh wow. Grant Heslov. He's a char- okay. great character actor. Uh, he was. Oh God, this dude. He, my my thing I remember him from is he is in the movie Congo. The, okay, yeah. the movie with the talking gorilla and all that <laughs> stuff based on the one of those Pre- actors where like you probably most people probably couldn't say his name but they see him and be like, oh yeah i've obviously seen him in a bunch of stuff what's uh oh you know what else he's in is in the scorpion king he's the little guy that walks around with the rock in that movie <laughs> oh, okay okay <laughs> yeah i've seen him in some stuff he's a good actor uh, my that was not, my number four was Dante's Peak. My number three. Oh, well, the, I should I, probably go on to to my three then, so we stay on the same. Oh no, wait. So let's go to your number four then. 
Yeah, that's what I meant. That's why I should get my number four out of the way. Okay, um, perfect. Which is technically a disaster movie. I, I was having a little trouble like defining that, I guess. But a mm-hmm. disaster happens and people survive it. So that's kind of the criteria that I took. Um, and this is the movie Gravity, um, which Ooh. is, yeah, it's, uh, I know you know that one. It takes place in space. Um, well, not outer space, uh, just these astronauts. And um, it's got George Clooney and Sandra Bullock and um, extremely amazing directing by the director. Uh, um, uh, the, if I'm not mistaken, the director is. See, I've never actually seen the movie. It's in my collection, and I just have to make myself sit down and watch it. Yeah, it, I bought it. it in 3D. I want to see that one in 3D because I've heard it's really good. Yeah, that's a really uh, good directed, one to watch in 3D. Alfonso Cuaron. Yeah, Alfonso Cuaron. Yeah, he did some excellent movies, but this is definitely one of them. Uh, he, it's just the. Um, the direction of it, the simplicity of it, the the special effects, the just the sheer we- will that people have to survive, and the scariness of just maybe being tossed out in the middle of space is is just as scary as any monster could be in a movie, and yes. it's um, it's like somebody with a near zero chance of survival um, because of a disaster that happens, and yeah, she. Uh, she might make it through. I don't know. I want to tell you the ending, but it's a, definitely a good watch. Nice. George Clooney's excellent in it, even though his part's a little small. But yeah, you got to watch that. Yeah. It's, and if you it's have it in 3D, list. that's going to be a blast. Sorry, man. Just that no, movie in 3D, you're that's good. one of the best 3D movie experiences there is, bro. Do you, once, you, once you watch it in 3D, you're going to be like, oh, this is what he's talking about, because it really is. Maybe that's what I'll need to plan for that in the middle of all this. Uh, my number three pick is a movie I've talked a lot about, uh, it seems. I think I've brought it up twice on this show. Is a movie that's underrated, but I like it for whatever reason, is uh, M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it's a weird movie. Again, it's like, <laughs> I, and it's a movie that I think, uh, we'll get into it, but it's got a weird, nice little ensemble. It's got a nice cast of characters. I don't exactly care about um, Mark Wahlberg and uh, Zoe D. Chanel in that movie, but everybody else that's in it makes the movie work. It's also taken on a lot of a weird feeling since COVID hit. It's kind of oddly bizarre. It makes even the weird stuff that it was funny then seem uncomfortable now. And okay. I dig it. I, I, I still, I think it's one of those movies that everyone's got their M night movies that they like. And that was one that I feel the warmest to, I, I feel the kindest to now compared to his other movies. Okay. Okay. And that's I, not, I, that's not like unbreakable and that part yeah. of that trilogy. <laughs> that was, so um, I get what you're saying. Obviously uh, that movie was nowhere near my list, but um it has a lot in common with my number one. I'll just put that as a clue. Um, but my, um, but yeah, uh, the uh, the happening. Um, it's a hilarious movie. I haven't <laughs> watched it since it was happening. I, I, I think I might <laughs> just for you. I'm gonna give that one a rewatch here pretty soon. Let me know if you do. I'll gladly watch it again myself. Maybe I'm in the wrong here, but you know that'd be a good one. Of one to do is. Uh, 
uh, to talk about. I'm sure we'd have a lot to talk about. Okay, my number three is um, is a movie that I'd be surprised if it's not on your list, to be honest. Um, but it might not be. Um, and it's a good movie, fun board game. Of course, I'm talking about Twister. That's my number two. Excellent. Yeah. Yes. Okay. See, here we go, man. We're, doing, yeah. we're not enough in this. So Twister is oh, uh, the, the cornerstone of uh, over the top. You know, they just keep chasing Twisters. Um, God, what do you, how do you even start talking about this movie? It has the late uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman in it. It has <laughs> Bill Paxton, too, the late Bill Paxton, which yeah. I guess was, I was reminded on Facebook. He died seven years ago today, which is... Wow, I did not know yeah, that today. The yeah, the guy who was with uh, Helen Hunt in that movie, the husband. Yeah, I knew that, yeah. But yeah. I, when I, I haven't watched... That's the thing with this one. Like It's not like we just watched these and now we're reviewing them. It's been right. a while since I've watched it. But yeah, Bill Paxton, man. I forgot that he passed away, man. That sucks. Yeah, he yeah. died of an accidental... It was a, in, I guess uh, he was having open-heart surgery and he died because the doctor nicked the wrong thing, I guess. like It's a tragedy when that sort of thing happens. Yeah, damn. Yeah, rest in peace, but this is a little piece of his legacy that'll live on forever because it's a great, entertaining, ridiculous flying cow movie, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I The cow thing, I swear I remembered that happening for, like, that was a thing for years. It's just like, you talked about twisters or anything like that. It's cow. Moo. Like, <laughs> oh, uh, just real quick. There, I remember the, the, the other movie that I've seen that I forgot to okay, recommend. Okay, what was it? Um, it was Josh Safdie wrote it. Uh, Uncut Gems. Oh, Uncut Gems. I have, you know, I still haven't seen that yet. I need to. It, is it, is it, I've heard it's excellent. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's Adam Sandler doing an Oscar-worthy performance that he should have got an Oscar for and did. <sighs> he should yeah. have at least got the nom, at least. I don't even think he was nominated. Yeah, it's it, it's a disaster that he wasn't. Maybe that should have been in here. Anyways, okay, but yeah, Twister. What what's your thoughts on Twister, man? Do you love it? No, Twister is it, again. I'm not the biggest fan of disaster movies, but that's one of the fun ones. It's directed by Jan Debont, who did Speed the year like two or three years before that. So it seems kind of appropriate that you go from a movie about a a, a bus that can't go over a certain speed without blowing up to you can't stop moving or else the twister is going to take you out. Like you wouldn't think that that would work, but it's kind of fun. It's silly. The cast, again, you've got Philip Seymour Hoffman in there. You got Helen Hunt. You got to, I mean, there's, there's other actors. I'm, they're not coming to mind right now, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Like that's the one thing I really take away from it is in the special effects actually hold up. Like, yeah. Say what you well, will, but. There's at least, a lot of disaster at least in the last couple of years they do because I haven't seen it in a couple of years. But yeah, I remember mm-hmm. when, last time I rewatched it. I think it was right after Philip Seymour Hoffman passed away. I was kind of doing a, a Philip Seymour Hoffman a thon. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the first time I ever watched the Twilight movies. But um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but I was like, yeah, that's, that's what thanks for it. Hey, he got me to watch him, man. He got me to watch him. Um, All but right. Yeah, but yeah, so yeah. So what is your number? That was your number two? That would have been my number two. Uh, okay, uh, do yes. you want to do your number one or my number one? I still got my number two, so we might as well get that Go ahead and do your number two. 
So my number two is uh, by the same director as Moonfall, which we're ta- talking about. It has a lot similar to Moonfall, but mm-hmm. for some reason, not the best parts. Um, but let's just say it is 2012. That movie came really? out. Yeah, it came out in 2012. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a disaster movie. Um, it's not if you were to tell me if this is a list of best written dialogue movies um it would probably be so far down the line you couldn't uh, find it but this is the best disaster movies list and that's what that is is a disaster movies it's ridiculous it's ridiculous in the weirdest way it kind of glorifies alex jones in a weird way it Mm -hmm. um it uh but it's got like the greatest acts, one of the greatest, funnest action scenes in a long time when they're in the limo as, as, um, as they're driving through the uh, crackling apart Los Angeles, trying to get to the airport. It's it's got like five different five different scenes where they're trying to take off in a plane just before disaster. It's got cliches. I remember one episode I was talking about that thing where the plane goes down like this and then yeah. comes up. It has that in there. It's, uh, you know, it's surviving disaster. It kind of blows its load, for lack of a better term, in the mm-hmm. beginning of the movie because it's all action, 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 action. And there's kind of like political dialogue and and a uh, little bit of action. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a... Um, I'll talk about this when I talk about the Moonfall review. So, but yeah, there's uh, it's 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 fun, is what it is, and it is a disaster movie. Nice. Uh, we're gonna follow in a little bit of an interesting theme here with my number one because uh, I think it's a movie that a lot of people are um, they judge a little bit harshly, but it's one of those movies again that you have to think about and you go it's obviously a good movie. You just have to sit there and really, you know, watch it and really watch it. Uh, and that's going to be M night Shyamalan's the last airbender, which I think is a remarkable motion pick. No, it's not. I, it's not my number one by the slightest. Okay, I was like, how is this a disaster? <laughs> uh, have I you mean, watched the last airbender? <laughs> uh, wait till you hear my number one. Cause I kind of want that route. <laughs> no, my number one is snakes on a plane. Uh, <laughs> uh okay great pull there all right no, yeah that is a disaster it is a disaster uh, movie no uh for the real uh, disaster movie um uh, yeah snakes on plane was a movie i was low-key kind of obsessed with when that movie came out i think that came out in 2005 or 2006 and i really like it's weird how bizarrely funny it it is and i kind of didn't understand it was supposed to be silly. And I remember a couple of years ago uh, when I was living uh, at, back at home with my folks, my put it on my dad and he had never seen the movie. It's not really an appealing thing to him. And mm-hmm. the thing that took me at how silly this movie is, is the part where they're like, uh, as a kid gets bitten by a snake and they're like, Oh no, he's got his hands all full of poison and stuff. What are we going to do? One woman's like, it's okay. I can help get the poison out. And she like has like a sharp 
like necklace she cuts open his arm and like i need some olive oil and then she like takes sick of like olive oil and sucks out the poison and my dad's watching this going oh yeah so they allow her to have a necklace on with a sharp blade edge on it and they just happen to have olive olive oil on the plane and my i was like wow i didn't realize how stupid this is but he's got a point (laughs) oh Uh, man it's it's a bizarrely kind of like I think it does the the disaster movie thing really well, as corny as it is, because it kind of doesn't understand. It understands it needs to be silly. It needs to have a sense of humor about itself. Sometimes does, disaster does movies it, don't have that. Yeah, it, well, or take it, try to take it too serious. Right? It doesn't it? It's been so long since I've seen that, but isn't it like the the characters are like is. The guy in there plays too much video games and that saves the day because he lands the plane. Keenan Thompson is a bodyguard for some rap guy, rapper. And it's like, we need somebody to be able to fly a plane. It's like, oh, you know, that they, they make it really easy to play on the PlayStation 2. It's like, is the one person who has flight ability a, a video gamer? It's like, well, it's not video games. I played it on a PlayStation 2. It's a little bit different. It's like, <laughs> like I, it is so stupid. And that's what I, I like about it. Ah, man. Okay, great pull there. That's a great number one. Uh, my number one is a disaster movie. Um, a disaster of a movie, and I'm going to let that count. Um, there's not a disaster that happens in it, mm-hmm. but it is a disaster. So much so that they made a movie about the making of this movie called The Disaster Artist. Interesting. The Room. Nice. It's a disaster. <laughs> what a beautiful disaster. Now, if you want to, I did write a runner-up in case. No, I, okay. I was debating <laughs> if I wanted to have that one or not. That disaster is widely defined, so yeah, I'll yeah, take it. True. There um, are no rules on movies for breakfast. True that, true that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, The Room, um, which is something I definitely want to have a deeper discussion on the show. So we got to make that happen. But just suffice it to say, uh, it was meant, it was, it's a cultural icon meant to be something. It's uh, satirical on accident. It's hilarious on accident. It's, uh, um, oh man, how do you even describe the room so, to people who hasn't seen it? So the room is, it's it's this is it's the one of the best bad movies I've ever seen. It's ridiculous that this movie got made is insane. What the disaster artist is was originally a book by Greg Sestero, who plays one of the characters in the movie. Uh, that's the room. Uh, he wrote a book about his entire experience being on set of the room, and what it goes into is more of his relationship with. Tommy Wiseau, who's the main character, who this strange reclusive man who somehow has money and you don't know how he's got this weird American sort of obsession. The man's cuckoo bananas. It, it, it's just, he's ridiculous. And uh, Sestero made the book, the disaster artist, which then later became the movie, which sort of basically is a chronicling of those key points from the book. And, it's I'll say I wasn't the biggest fan of it, but the one thing I took away from it, James, um, 
excuse me. Um, what's J- uh, James Franco's brother? Um, Dave Franco. Dave Franco. I I wasn't the biggest fan of him initially, and I came away going, he's actually a really good actor. There's something about him that's oddly magnetic for a movie like this. He doesn't. Yeah, me me too. All right, maybe a wrong term there, but um, uh, <laughs> he um. Yeah, he's a good actor, but it was uh, the disaster artist. It just shows you like the thinking of like Tommy Wiseau, or whatever. And I, I was I always thought he's gonna have another one, as long as he doesn't try to make it bad on purpose. If he like goes out there and tries to make his Oscar film, it will be epic. I, somebody's just gotta give him the budget and just let him do whatever he wants. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's we'll talk about it more uh, in depth. I think soon sometime. Oh, but yeah, great list, man. Great list. Nice list. I love it. Awesome, man. Yeah. Okay. So we got two movies to talk about. I know for sure Spider-Man we could talk a lot more about, I feel like. All right. So uh, this week's movies were, uh, uh, I was going to say, uh, for uh, this week's movies, they were going to be Moonfall, uh, directed by Roland Emmerich, which came out this year. Uh, our year of our Lord 2022 uh, and Spider-Man No Way Home directed by John Watts from 2021. Uh, I think we're going to go over the one that we just finished watching. Both of us would be Moonfall directed by Roland Emmerich. So yes. the summary of this one is uh, <laughs> this is going to be fun. Uh, so, <laughs> No spoiler summary. We obviously will get into the spoilery stuff here in a bit. Uh, In 2011, there was a routine satellite check that ended up having three astronauts uh, witness an event that uh, of some sort, it's kind of difficult to describe, but it was some kind of thing in space. Somebody died. They basically lucked out getting back to Earth, ended up destroying this astronaut's career. Suddenly, 12 years later, the Earth's orbit is being affected by potentially the moon falling out of orbit and crashing into the Earth. Uh, And it's up to these astronauts to try to get basically get into the moon to see about solving what it is that's causing the moon to fall out of the sky. Like I, the, the fact that, <laughs> that's the best I got. Listen, very, we're going to have to get into spoilers pretty quickly with this. I'm going to be honest. Because, oh yeah. So yeah. Um, but, uh, but my quick uh, spoiler free thoughts. Okay. Um, it is a movie that has actors in it. Um, it has a score and it has a runtime. All right, you ready to talk about spoilers? Yeah, let's get into the spoilers. Because sorry, I, guys, if you like Roland Emmerich, it's worth checking out. Um, oh yeah, but it, but, it, but yeah, yeah. I was gonna say if there's anything I will tell people because uh, my wife and I were gonna see it. She came down a little under the weather, so I ended up seeing this by myself this this afternoon. And the one thing I told my wife is she was like, I don't really want to watch it at home. See it on the biggest screen you can, because if you're going to watch it in your living room, put it on the biggest TV you can get, put it on the best sound system you can get, 
it's the kind of movie that sort of rewards being watched on a big screen. And if you're going to do it at home, don't half-ass it. It's, it's, it's insane. Yeah, um, or just don't watch it at all. There's also an option there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You guys should watch it. Okay. Spoiler discussion. I had to do it. All right. Um, <laughs> now, it probably sounds like I don't like the movie, but it I did. I do I I like Roland Emmerich. I like this movie. It just it kept making me think it was going to do something and then like not doing it or barely doing it. Um it, my brother said it really well when we were walking out of the theater. He uh-huh. goes, "I kept thinking it's going to go to um these cliche things and it didn't instead it went to an exact other cliche thing <laughs> that I wasn't expecting. That's excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I feel like there is some potential wasted. He did one thing that like really stood out to me and I was like, Whoa, he did that in 2012 where the estranged wife has this new likable husband who's got a lot of money and then dies at the end so that they can get together again. It's like, that's the same thing that happened in 2012 when dude got crushed in the gears. He's like, Gordon, no. Mm-hmm. And then this time the guy like he quit breathing. And as soon as he died, they're like, oh, the oxygen's back. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like right as soon as he died, they're like, oh, the oxygen's back. I was like, you're oh right. my God. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> okay, so now we can get into the spoilery territory. So Patrick Wilson's in this movie. He and Halle Berry are former astronauts uh i like how they're introduced because they're seriously just singing toto's africa and they're debating the lyrics it's like the dumbest thing i've ever seen and then uh they end up getting there's like was it nano machines or something like i didn't understand it's like i don't think we're supposed to really understand at at the beginning of the movie it was like moon farts came and attacked them (laughs) and uh, they, you know, they survive because the the guy the because it doesn't want to attack him anymore because it only kills people if they're in technology that's working, which becomes a stupid plot point. To where like they're like, oh crap! Here, break the screen on your phone. Which doesn't turn your phone off. Yeah. It's like if you if you crack your screen, the alien will or the machine will leave you alone. As long as you crack your screen, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, girls with iPhone SEs are going to be safe in this world. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> they, oh man, there's just so many moments where I thought he was going to do his Roland Emmerich thing. Like right when like when the water started rushing in, I leaned to Brian, I was like, oh, here comes Roland Emmerich. And then it was like, oh no, there's a flood and help the guy up. No, let's sleep in a hotel. And, yeah, I don't know one of the wasted talents in that movie is the guy who plays Sam Tarly from Game of Thrones is in this yeah. movie. And he's like, eye rollingly bad. Like the one thing that I was shocked by was when he goes to his apartment in the movie and he has a cat named, was it fuzz Aldrin or something like that is like, fuzz I thought Aldrin. the cat was kind of cute, but he has like newspapers all over the floor. And like, he's got like, billboards and all that stuff he's a regular conspiracy theorist essentially yeah and the, the the set design kind of stood out to me too uh, at the beginning of the movie when like they're moving the mm-hmm. son's room was so like 
perfectly set up as a set of a moving uh like all these boxes set up and it's just kids books and it just stood out to me it's like that's not how people really pack you know what i mean you know what's also really bad naming your son sunny because oh, yeah. you can't come up with a better name <laughs> sunny i think they were going for the sun and moon ah, i didn't think about that i was just sitting there listening to it and i was like Son, oh, it's my son. Sonny's in there. He's gonna get out of jail. He's a good boy. That's Sonny. It's like we'll fix it later. It's Sonny. It's like <laughs> it's kind of like Eagerly and uh, uh, Peacemaker. Oh, <laughs> no. it's like it, it couldn't have been any better if it was just like I don't know. Like the name was so ridiculous. But what I, I was like, they kept doing things that I thought were gonna be really cool. Okay, so they're they're driving like oh no the moon's rising and gravity's about to get really crazy and i was expecting uh like um grand theft auto um like when you put the hack in to make low gravity mode i thought there was going to be something like that and i thought maybe they were going to use those air canisters they grabbed to like steer it or something by blowing i don't know where they were going to go but instead it was just like these rednecks are chasing them and like and there was like dumb stuff, like the tree was on the dude, and he's like, "Oh no, how are we gonna lift this off?" And then the moon, the moon will help us. Oh my god, that I was my. That, it, it it cracked me up when they're in that in that car chase scene, like the scene you're talking about, and it's like we're gonna have low gravity. It just makes me think of um, what was it on Futurama when they jump over a chasm on the moon, and there's a bunch of alligators with like space helmets on. Like if the movie just did that, it would have been completely like. Yep, that's a totally normal thing to happen in this movie. Like it, it needed, needed to, to go, go over the top more. I think you're right. That's yeah. my biggest problem. Yeah. It the biggest that was the one thing that cracked me up watching the movie is I kept rolling my eyes at the dialogue that they have. Where yeah. it's like they say the most cliched thing in the world. One of the lines that made me start cackling was they're like, We have to go up to the moon and then we can kill it. It's like, they don't know what it is necessarily. It's like a, a floating thing, but the way Halle Berry should delivers, kill it. Like, it's like, yeah, like, it's, she, it's like this woman believes everything she's saying right now. She totally. <laughs> and then, so what is the moon thing for? Why is there crops on the moon when there couldn't be, they, the aliens had to kill themselves and, but there was crops in the, like in the moon. So the weird thing about this movie that drove me nuts is like the first two acts. Okay. Yeah. They got to go in the moon. It's whatever. The third act comes out of completely out of nowhere. And that's when I was kind of like, okay, I don't (laughs) like this movie, but I'm at least having fun with myself. Like, cause this movie goes so far out to be like, well, it turns out that we were a normal human civilization and we gave the code of life and we built the earth. So it basically suggests like the earth was made by aliens and they gave us code, like the, the genetic code. And then we had our own peaceful society, but AI basically killed everybody. Like, yeah, but then there's an AI that's running the, I'm a construct whatever he says but that's an ai in itself i thought ai was the bad guy and then uh samuel tarley at the end sacrifices himself in the cheesiest way he could have and then because he couldn't they couldn't figure out how to push a button without connecting to me oh yeah because there had to be flesh and bone or some stupid yeah uh, and then he gets his brain scanned 
what they should have done is they should have brought an animal like a, like a chicken or like a steak or something and just like duct taped it to the thing or whatever. Like I don't or know. Or fuzzy like, Aldrin. That could well, have been you can't kill Aldrin's. the cat. You know how much how many people would have hated your movie if they did? It'd be yeah, lower then, score than it is now on IMDb. Yeah, you're probably right. But then well, he gets his brain scanned in. And like, oh, we scanned in your brain. I was like, well, why didn't you do that for all the people who didn't who? Uh, who had to sacrifice themselves building these stupid moons? God. So as far as as far as moonfall goes, what basically ends up happening is because the planet falls out of like weather starts to change and everything else, it does turn into like it does this weird thing where they're like, we don't have enough rockets to be able to go into space, but then they conveniently do the math and Sam Tarley's like, oh, well, it turns out that. It, our our, our information's wrong because if we're at this tilt now, then that means the moon's going to be over the Earth in such and such time. You could actually make it reach because of the Earth, the moon's gravity. Like, come on! Like this it's, is it's so funny ridiculous. It's like maybe the moon will pull us up the rest of the way, and then it stops pulling them at a certain point. It's, it was I don't know. It was it was a movie for sure. I now I did like it though. That's um, the thing, yeah. I there was there were some really great shots when like the moon was real close and it was hitting New York. Oh but, yeah, uh, and I was like, oh wow, that's great. Don't do nothing to the World Trade Center. I was like, they're gonna knock that down. <laughs> but, um, but but yeah, and then the Chrysler Building ended up on Mount Everest or whatever. Oh, Mount <laughs> the Chrysler Building. I forgot all about that. <laughs> Oh, what a movie, man! But it was no. That, that's was the there. Weird did thing. you stay for the end credit scene? No, there was a guy in my theater was creeping me out. He kept talking to me during the movie, and I just uh, like he like he kept. I was sitting in the row behind him, and he kept leaning over, whispering stuff to me. I'm like, the oh, second yeah. this movie's done, I got to get the heck out of here. I looked it up. I guess there's no stinger scenes, but no, I, there was. Wait, really? No, I was, was going to make something stupid. Damn it. <laughs> it seemed like there was going to be, because he's like, let's get started. And he's like, started with what? <laughs> yeah, I. that was the one thing that frustrated me, is they have, that, they have like, the, the, the conspiracy theory nerd. And all it reminded me of is, did you ever see Pixels, the Adam Sandler movie from a couple years ago? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you had, um, what is his name? Josh Gad in that movie. And it's like, He's a conspiracy theorist, not about the aliens. And then it's like the mom yells at him. He's like, shut up, grandma, drink your prune juice. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's so aggravating that the movie had, I, I was expecting him to live with his mother. They actually did something better with her. Like she has, uh, was it not, uh, it's like Alzheimer's or something. And she keeps forgetting her son. I thought that was sad, but it kind of pays off in an interesting sort of way. Like, I kind of liked that in the ending, strangely. Okay, yeah. I liked uh, Patrick Wilson. I like him in everything he does. So he, his I do, too. I, yeah. The one thing I will say about him is I love him. That was one thing I liked about the movie. He exhibits man, like a manly hero swagger. Like, there's that part in the movie where he's waiting in the... Uh, he's in the uh, the waiting room or whatever, and he's like... When he sees Halle Berry's character, he's like, "Uh, no way, I'm not gonna be doing this." Like he's got like the swagger, he's got like the like the just the light scruffle, like facial scruffle, like 
he just I don't know there's just something about him that just kind of like felt like an like you don't see actors that are like him anymore where it's just like he doesn't look like a, a Chris Evans type he looks just a little bit different and because of that he's actually more magnetic to look at strangely yeah, yeah. I, I like him I, I maybe unpopular opinion but I'm actually a big fan of him in Watchmen the Zack Snyder movie oh yeah me too I love Watchmen. he's really good in that movie and what's sad is I expected I, I was forgot like, that was him. You're right. Oh, yeah, God. he's Night Owl. Uh, yeah, he but is. there's the one scene that frustrated the hell of me is the part where they're like, "Oh no, it's okay. I'm I'm Samuel Tarly, and I'm going to, to destroy myself to get rid of the aliens." And he, he does that thing where he like, "No, absolutely not. You're going to come back here." I wish he did that yell. Like, remember when Rorschach gets blown apart? And spoilers <laughs> for a, a 40 year old comic book. Uh, when he like when Doctor Manhattan blows up Rorschach and he does like this, no! <laughs> I wish he did that. Like he needed to be like tears in his eyes, like smashing on the glass, like because it's him that saves the world. And instead, it's just like thumbs yeah. up, kid. He's like, yeah, <laughs> he gets knocked unconscious in the middle of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. And then the aliens pretend like can read your brain and and see that you're like what do you see i don't know it was was weird it was like it was like captain marvel meets the matrix meets 2012 that's just so so the one thing the one big complaint i have about the movie personally is uh, and i said this before about our top five list the biggest problem i have with the movie is that it doesn't uh, i think you'll agree a disaster movie kind of thrives on its supporting cast like twister has a lot of good actors in it dante's peak even has you know i think you're about to make a really good point i could tell and that's the thing like a lot of those disaster movies like independence day is technically a disaster movie and that's got a cast of oh damn i should include that on my yeah but you think about that it's not just will smith in that movie you've got Jeff Goldblum, you've got Robert Loja, you've got that Mars Attacks. I didn't even think about Mars Attacks in our disaster list, but that's the same thing. And that's got a cast of like Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, like uh, Martin Short, the kid from uh, like, I, I can't even think about it. Like the thing about those movies that works is the ensemble and this doesn't really have a good ensemble. I, I realize, like it, it, it doesn't. That's such a good point because they're up there trying to save these people we don't care about, you know, and right. and and the people in the disaster you you want to care about. Uh, Sunny, I felt was dull. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, uh. What were the other characters? Were there any other? Characters? Well, there was there there was a uh, J- Michael Pena not playing oh, yeah. his part from a- Ant Man, which would have made the movie so much better. Yeah, they, they, like, they didn't use him for his talents very much. He's a good no, actor. No, he's but... just a he's just a jerk. Like. He's a no, jerk he new dad. He, was a, he wasn't. That was the thing. He was another nice guy that gets killed off for no reason. He wasn't a jerk. He was just That's better. True, he was just right. better. He was just better than our main character at certain things. You know what I mean? Yeah. At like you know paying his rent and stuff. And then so we're supposed to be like, oh that jerk. He's got yeah, money. Yeah, you're not supposed. You're supposed to dislike him, but he absolutely like he even makes a point of like, I promise we're not going to forget about Sunny in Denver. Like. Yeah. It's like and wow, then, and he's like, trying to do everything like, to be a good guy. He's like, you left me there. He's like, dude, there's little girls and stuff. You're an adult. 
Well, it's true. Yeah. You want us to? Yeah, we should have our daughters just be, be dead now because we were gonna wait for you, who had to go steal a car. I don't think that, so, Sonny. That was, and that was the other thing too. Like, maybe I'll be wrong about this, but the one thing that kind of frustrated me about the the supporting cast. I hope the little boy that's Halle Berry's son does grow up to be a good actor because he's given nothing to do here. Like, like in the day after tomorrow, the little girl Nat gets a fever. You know, it's like they do stuff with the kids to make them entertaining here. It's like, well, Halle Berry needs a son so he can call dad and tell him, oh, yeah, don't blow up the bombs because mom is still in space. Like, it's so ridiculous. And clearly the Chinese money is involved because there's that one woman that's an exchange student that I don't know why she's there, except that because it's like, it's a Chinese co-production. So of course they're going to put the Chinese actress in there, which is not uh, a bad thing, but yeah. it's like, they you do that. Trope, yeah. They do. They're doing a lot of that now. They it's, also did a thing where like, Oh yeah. Just as a throwaway line. They're like, and the, the Chinese have even just, donated their ship to us or whatever yeah and then when you see the ship that they donated it's just like super superistic spaceship all of a sudden it's got a detachable car built in and it's like what the heck yeah That's, damn the chinese got it going on you know what i mean at least in this movie no but, but um yeah yeah but here's and here's the one thing that like as silly and as weird as this movie is the third act is absolutely bug nuts insane that when it got to that point, I was kind of rooting it for it at that. Like it's, it's so bizarre. It's so stupid, but, and, and you'll agree with me a little bit, but with all the stuff that's been going on just this week, wasn't it oddly quaint? Like, like there's a war world war three is on the precipice going on right now. I'm not trying to date this podcast, but like, the real world is going on with all this stuff. And here it's like, well, the moon might crash into the world, the earth and destroy us, or the aliens might get to us first. Like I kind of was sitting there going, it's, it's like that image. It's that, it's that meme of the dog and sitting in the house, it's on fire going, this is fine. Like yeah. it's, it's how I felt. It's like, yeah, this is fine. I'll take it. Like the yeah, world's I, ending. I it's catastrophic, that. but I'm having a good time while I'm watching it. I think, I think the movie went, a little too in the maybe wrong direction. If it would have been just a meteor hit, it's, here, here's my elevator pitch to fix it. In my opinion. go for it. So the beginning scene, instead of um, the moon diarrhea monster coming out and attacking them, it's chunks of the moon. You know, and that's and that's what um, sets that off. And why is there chunks of the moon? Because the asteroid hit the moon. And now right. that, that knocks its orbit off, and that's why it's hitting. And it's literally just the moon falling. It's mm-hmm. something to do with no weird alien thing. I think he wanted a reason, a way to get the moon back into orbit after everything. But um, what I loved about this is up is it ended tragically. I think it should have maybe ended with um, like the the character played by Samuel Tarley, where they're um, where he's you know sacrificing himself. And he's like, no, you can't do this. And then maybe he's like, okay, I won't. All right. And then they switch positions. And then that guy actually <laughs> does. I think that would have been hilarious. You know, yeah, it, it needed to be more silly. And that's kind of my problem with it. It's not, it's kind of, yeah, you're right. It is incredibly too serious. And 
that really weak that really affects the movie in when they're on earth when they're in yeah. space you get the scene where they're like smashing the, like what's the, the part where he takes the phone he has like his phone and he's just like what i just took a selfie like yeah it's, it, it's, it's on not, airplane mode it's That's yeah I made that it's, joke earlier. it's funny <laughs> but it's not funny enough like the jokes are really bad in it they needed to be worse like yeah, yeah. And that was the other thing too that frustrated me again. Talking about casting, did you recognize the old man that was? Uh, there's that part where uh, Halle Berry, like she gets all the government clearance so she can go look at the the space footage. And there's the old man who's cleaning a gun, yeah, he's about was, to commit suicide. Um, oh yeah, that was such a weird scene. He's like, I'm waiting for me on my desk. Yeah, so, oh, it's yeah. it's um, Donald Sutherland. Uh, yeah, Donald Sutherland, right? Wait a and I was Donald sitting Sutherland. here like. Dude, why can't Donald Sutherland be in this movie? And he's in it for one scene, and he's the like it's not the best, but he knows how to like milk a scene for all it's worth. Instead, it's like yeah. if you excuse me, I gotta get back to my desk, and I never see her like jump because you know he's killed himself or something. Like he never comes back. Like, <laughs> dude, give that dude more money and more airtime. Yeah. I want to yeah. see him do like the sign of the cross, right as a wave takes him out or something. Like, yeah, he it was missing. The uh, it was missing the Woody Harrelson type character from 2012. It was missing the limo type scene from 2012. And yeah, it was, it, you know, it was missing. So it was it was missing some things. That and that's a big problem. I do agree. Is it's excuse me. It's not. It it needed more. Like that's the problem. Is the movie's two hours and ten minutes or whatever. It needed to cut some stuff and make other things better. Like, you know what? Like, I know you're not going to get him, but dude, you know how much more fun it would have been if this was like John Cena playing the, in this movie? Like, he would have well, at least... John Cena in every movie, I think. Would make John Cena would have seen that monster and he'd just <laughs> been like, I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to have to figure this out. Like, he would have like, I don't know. Like, he's not The Rock, clearly. And The Rock, I think, would be like, he would have, like, gotten a mech suit and punched it or whatever. Like, John Cena would be more willing to have a laugh with himself, and I would. I wish we had that. But, yeah, yeah as yeah, far all, as that... All that, all that said, I, I, I did enjoy it, and I love Roland Emmerich. I'm ready, I'm ready for whatever he has in store next. Um, but, yeah, we'll so, yeah, see. Keep, keep making them. We'll yeah. see, because I guess with the failure of Moonfall, he's been pretty much, like... I guess this is his last thing he's going to do now because it's like right after this came out, because it came up like far from home came out, which we're about to talk about next and no one saw this movie. So I think our tickets made up like 70% of the box office that's made. And he's like, no one wants to watch these kinds of movies. They just want Marvel movies, which is a complaint I hear from a lot of directors, but I can't tell if that's a legitimate excuse or if it's like, no, make your movie more like 2012 or make your movie more like Independence Day, the first one. Like, people yeah. will go to these movies. It's 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 about word of mouth, man. Like, yeah, Marvel maybe figured out the, uh, a recipe that almost guarantees success. But right. when there's a... But, um, and they stick to it. So they're taking less risks. But, um, you know... There's a there's a lot more risks that um, Roland Emmerich could have taken that he didn't. I feel like he played it safe in a couple of ways, um, and then a couple of ways he didn't. He kind of went all he took some risks that maybe necessarily didn't pay off. 
Um, but if I were to give it my pancake score, yes, and I thought a lot about this, and so like I have to give it um, a uh, three with the pan with the syrup because it to me it's still it, I had a good enough time that it's a positive review. I didn't come out of it feeling negative. I I felt uh, I, I'm you know this is a movie critique show so i critiqued it quite a bit but i didn't have a negative experience with this so it's but it's barely on the positive side so for me it's gonna be three pancakes with some syrup that's positive right that's like right on the positive or just i would i would say three is if i if i had to use like a regular star rating i'd say three is probably it three is positive enough yeah okay so i'll just leave it i'll leave it at that one's a three for me which is a positive movie yeah three uh you know, I mean, it, it's funny. It's funny because I'm in the same way. I, I thought to myself, "Is man, if I was if I was in a bad mood when I finished this movie, I still would give it like a two and a half pancakes with the syrup, or two pancakes of the syrup." But I was having a fun enough time with it. By the end of it, I'd still give it the three pancakes. I think oh, it's it doesn't get the syrup. I think it could have it, if it had done more stuff to fix the problems with it it would be a much better movie. It feels... Oh, <laughs> oh hey! <laughs> cool! I'm sleeping now. Yeah, so it's uh, becoming a theme to the show, I guess. <laughs> but for, for what I will say from it is, like, I'm having fun with its stupidity. I'm having a good time. I cackled when the... There's, like, the scene in the movie where they're, like, they jump the vehicles, and there's a... Like that, well, there's that part in the movie where the gravity lets out and they like a truck flips and it just crushes that one dude. I was yeah. laughing, and then when they and jump, he's got the moment where he's like, Oh crap! Yeah, <laughs> he's got that. And then there's that part where like the ground is rising and the guy like jumps off of the cliff, he like lands and he still like, like clears it. And then that other car just like crashes into a wall and explodes like i was laughing like <laughs> you couldn't have made it any better like that, those little things could have made better it's just have them like cut to a close-up of their face going ah blowing up like it would have been so much funnier like if he just did that i would i would have given it like a three and a half easily four stars but like i don't know it's still fun it's stupid like if you're gonna go in expecting a super intelligent movie uh check your check your check your code at the door because yeah, you're not going to get a really smart movie you're going to get a stupid fun one and yeah, exactly what's 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 is fun in its own way stupid fun ones oh okay two threes two threes but then yeah. we move on to the spider-man far from home no right. no way home no way home you're right yeah so, Spider-Man, far, uh, excuse me, I did yeah. too. Spider-Man, No Way Home, directed by John Watts from 2021. Summary, uh, coming off, fresh off the heels of the events of Spider-Man, Far From Home. Uh, Peter Parker, Mary Jane, or I think she's Mary Jane. She's not, but she is. MJ. MJ and Ned are trying to find a way to get into college uh, in what way we won't say right away. Uh, as it turns out, uh, 
uh, Peter Parker ends up getting in touch with Doctor Strange to try to fix some things and inadvertently causes a rift in time, which has the major Marvel villains from the previous Spider-Man movies show up to uh, basically try to take on Spider-Man. But which Spider-Man leaves to be desired? Yeah, there you go. Great, great, uh, great um, summary there. You I know, um, I heard the original plan um, mm-hmm. for the marketing was to market it as a Doctor Strange versus Spider-Man movie and not let any of us know anything about the other stuff. And in a more perfect world where everybody's not glued to movie news, we would have got that. And could you imagine the experience in the theater when Doc Ock comes out? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That would have been crazy. Um, but anyways, I just I still had that that experience. Um, it, yeah, it's uh, without talking about spoilers yet. Um, you know, you know the villains from the previous movies are in there. They're played um excellently they even stepped up uh each one of them kind of like stepped up in a way from their own movies um it's almost like you know they're they're in the big leagues now and they, they wanted to show up with a, a special um shout out to uh william defoe playing uh the green goblin with in in uh, excellent fashion he does such a good job uh, tom holland does good a good job you know with the action, with the emotion, he particularly does a really good job. Um, MJ and Ned, two perfect uh, side characters, or whatever you call them. Um, Teresa Monet. Uh, Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei uh, has a crazy, shows awesome skill, acting skills that like, that'll hit you. And, um, and yeah, it's well-written, well-acted. Well, well directed, and um, it was a complete blast at the theater. Interesting. Uh, so we want to get into spoilers. Yeah, yeah. Let's All right. That. So everybody, go and see the new Spider-Man movie. My opinion is, still go and see it. Uh, my opinion, though, uh, I thought it was fine. I thought it was actually just a fun time. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm sorry, okay. bro. You you went to you saw the wrong movie. No, uh, it was uh, you know what with those No Way Home, Far From Home, Homecoming. You know, I might have, but no. Uh, <laughs> you went and saw Home Alone. That's the problem. The new Home Alone. <laughs> I saw Home on the Range, that Disney yeah. movie from 2002. No, Homeward Bound. I can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Far from home, the adventures of yellow dog. That movie doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. Uh, no, uh, no. So here's the thing is I went into it and I, I tried to avoid all trailers because I'm one of those people at this point in my life. It's like, unless I really don't know what to expect, I will avoid trailers like the plague because I didn't even know what the heck Moonfall was about until like three days before I went to go see it. Yeah, I never saw a trailer for it. I didn't know who was in I it. Skipped, I skipped trailers for it. I had to watch a trailer with my wife to see if she was interested. But otherwise, I heard nothing about that movie. So um, as far as it goes, though, I think I think it's interesting the way the movie tries to uh, tie it immediately into the events of uh, Far From Home. 
because it, you know, we're, spoilers now. The movie literally starts with uh, Peter Parker's identity being exposed as Spider-Man immediately, which obviously cover, comes with a lot of stuff of that, well, they're trying to investigate. They're trying to, uh, you know, decide, did he actually do this? Did he, did he, with Stark technology, actually try destroying Rome or whatever happened in that second Spider-Man movie? It doesn't stick, but it does affect their chances of being able to go to college because everyone's all accomplices. Um, and, like, I avoided all the hype as much as I could, but I didn't, I've seen, you know, everyone saw the movie a good three, four months, you know, not three, four months, like two months before I did. So, of course, I'm going to have people spoiling stuff for me. I knew Matt Murdock was going to be in there, which was kind of a wonderful surprise. I was leaning over to my wife and I just went, oh my God, it's him. Like, I, a little of that goes a long way. And there were parts of that that felt like it's trying a little too hard to be kind of winky, winky nudge. Like some of it was really funny, but there was like one scene that was groaner for me is uh, when they run into Norman Osborn. They're like, wait a minute, Peter Parker, you're a scientist. You know, I'm something of a scientist myself. I love that. I actually just went, I actually just went, like I kind of expected (laughs) it to happen. Like, uh, they didn't. They resisted. They didn't do the Spider-Man pointing meme. They the didn't movie. until after they were telling us when it's coming out on on DVD yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So, but they resisted uh, it. Yeah, that, they if, did. If I was directing that movie, that would have been in in my writer that that would have had been in there. So I, I, but I get what you're saying, especially because you know that became a meme. The whole uh, I'm something of a scientist myself. Mm-hmm. But it was it wasn't like it was just some random thing he said. They were talking about, well, we'll use our technology and we'll figure it out. You know, I'm smart. And he's right. like, Well, you know, and that's something he would say because he did say it. Mm-hmm. So um I, I, I get it too, because you want to be careful not to reference the movie itself in the movie, because that could take you out of the movie. Yeah. Um so I feel like that that line had a danger of doing that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so, what did you think of um, like the villains? Let's start there. So yeah, uh, the thing about the villains was you know. So I'll state up front that I have never seen. I haven't seen Spider Man three. I haven't really, not really, not the whole thing. I've not seen Amazing Spider-Man 2. And then obviously I've seen the new uh the new Tom Holland ones. Uh but from what I remember seeing of Spider-Man 3, like I enjoyed Sandman. Like I've seen the scene with Sandman when he's like, you know, trying to grab like the locket of his daughter or whatever and it just turns into yeah. like a, a music video or whatever. It's that stuff's great. That's the stuff of that movie that people make fun of, that's the stuff I like about that movie. Uh, I don't care for the Venom stuff as much. I'm actually kind of interested to see what they'll do with Venom in the new movies. Um, but I think that's kind of okay. I don't have the history of um, Electro, so I don't really know anything about him in the movie. His character was the one that was, I feel like maybe it was even taken out of a different universe because he played like a super like kind of dorky dude. 
That's what I remember it. hearing. Yeah. Yeah. And then this one, he kind of was like leveled up, but I felt like it, it, it took place a little bit after. Um, no, cause he dies. I, I don't know. It's kind of weird. They let, they let kind of Jamie, they, they made the character the way the character should have been in the first place. It, you know, I really like Jamie's Fox as electro with the confidence and the, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll we'll let that go. You know, but I, I I'll say Electro is Electro's cocky, but I I dig that. I don't expect him to be anything other. I freaking love Doc Ock in the movie. I thought yeah. I, I like Alfred Molina in general. So to see him, I was just like, oh hey, it's my favorite buddy, Doctor Octopus. Like yeah. I I liked that. I thought he was great. Um, like. The villains. And he was I so happy think... to be himself again too, which was cool. Like, yeah, like when, that... when he when he became himself again, like you, you saw that. Like, and he played that really well. You know? Yes, and he's an incredible actor for that. Like, he's doing a really good job in something that he doesn't have to. Like, none of these actors really have to try. You know, they'll know, but we'd be like, yeah, they're making a paycheck. But I think. If I had to grade the villains, strangely, the one I'm actually kind of like not great about is Norman Osborn a little bit. I think the Green Goblin stuff is I think the Green Goblin stuff is cool, but when he's like doing like the 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 uh when he's doing like the the Green Goblin talking kind of stuff, there's something about that that worked so much better when it was under the mask and everything, and it just looks kind of uh. like it's me bringing you what you've always wanted power beyond your wildest dreams. Like that yeah, kind of stuff. Her. Well, cause I think the difference is John Watts is a good director, but he's not Sam Raimi. And that might be my problem is Sam Raimi's like, he's playing up. Like I got in a conversation with somebody at my job and she was like, you know, those Spider-Man movies are kind of silly. And I was like, yeah, cause comic book movies are silly. Like they're supposed to be before we took them too seriously the Spider-Man movies were actually some of the best ones. And it's like Norman Osborn would act like that and it would be kind of silly, but it's also kind of scary here. I kind of feel like he's doing the face and the voice, but it's not like the, but when he does like the serious stuff where he's like, you know, pleading and he's acting like a disheveled old man, that stuff actually works for me. I think it's him playing the green goblin that doesn't work for me as well. I can see that, but I completely and totally disagree with you. Well, please tell me because this, this is <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not joking. This is the stuff that I, we, we do this podcast for. Like, yeah, uh, it just it was, um, it felt it felt natural, it felt like the character. I mean, and I'm not trying to say this in a mean way, no, go for um, it. But his face kind of looks like the goblin mask in its own way, anyways. Um, and at least it, it, the way he emotes it, he's you know what I mean, and he, with. His actions, which they they rarely ever do this in in movies for the villains, especially superhero movies, but he was genuinely evil, right? And you hardly get that. It's always like, you know, let's lock this guy up or whatever. But like he was genuinely evil to the point where Spider-Man, this kid, was literally just trying to kill him. That's all he was trying to do. But he he played it evil. And I felt like if you would have had that. Power Rangers kind of esque cheesy mask on him, and he's super evil like that. It would have, oh, I've warned you. It would have worked for. Uh, I was talking to my cat. <laughs> it um, it would have worked for um, 
it just felt better like you know seeing the evil in his eyes and and his performance and um shouts out to the costume designer because he was wearing this purple uh sweater and as he gets torn and tattered just the hood parts left and it looks just like the comic book accurate yeah he does look like hobgoblin kind of a little bit with the purple hood like i can get and i can get behind that a little bit uh but okay uh so let's get into one of the parts of the movie we haven't really mentioned yet it's doctor strange so i'm a big personally if i'm gonna rank because we're we're one day we're gonna do a top five marvel movies I would say of my top five favorites, one of them being Doctor Strange. I love Doctor Strange. That was one of my favorite Marvel. That's one of my favorite Marvel movies. Yeah, I, uh, I can't wait to talk to you about once we know uh, uh, Multiverse of Madness because it's Doctor Strange and it's um, the director is Sam Raimi. Yes. So we'll anyways, get into so that's that. That's a that's a quick tangent, but yeah. Yes, okay, we'll on. get into that in a bit. Uh, but there's that one. So tell me, this is one thing I had a hard time with. So there's that part in the movie where um, Peter's basically trying to get like a time spell to fix everything. So that way it'll be, you know, he's trying to make it. So if he can, he potentially be able to stop everybody from remembering he's Spider-Man and whatever, and everything will be fine. Ends up causing this huge issue with a time continuum and then Doctor Strange is like, absolutely not. You have to go. We have to do this. You know, we got to send them back to their time. We're going to hit this button. They're going to go back to their dimensions. They have to die. It's part of their 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 thing. And Peter gets really like, I get it. He's trying to be like pure about it. And it's like, no, they're good people. We can save them. But five years prior, we dealt with a purple alien who was trying to snap half the world out of existence and succeeded, you know, like Peter Parker and Dr. Strange were casualties of that. Like it seemed kind of weird that Peter would be so precious about that when like five years ago, he should have been one of the people that shouldn't have existed anymore. You know, when Thanos was the, the big bad in the movie, like I had a problem with that because it's like, but because people didn't respect the timeline, he's back. What are you talking about? The only reason that um, Doctor Strange and Spider-Man existed is because people f- mess with the timeline. The um, They went back and got the stones from 2014 and whatever and right. snapped everybody back. Uh, they broke those rules. You know what I mean? Quote, unquote. Yeah. Um, so So it's like... I mean, if you look at it that way, maybe he's he's thinking, well, I should be dead too, but but you know, this group of heroes got together and and broke the rules of time, mm-hmm. um, you know, and uh, and brought him back. But also, you know, he's just he's Spider Man's like less gray area. He's good and bad, you know, good evil, killing people, whether it's evil. So he's against that. And and he it's not like he wasn't willing to do it. He just wanted to see if he could figure out a way first. And you're right, he probably was wrong there, and he paid for that with you know because he ended up, if he hadn't done that, his his aunt um, would still be attractive, and <laughs> um, no, sorry, she'd still be alive, right? So he paid yeah. for that, and um, 
you know what I mean? So, so I get his motivations. He's not, to me, it's like, yeah, his, his motivations are, are, you know, Dr. Strange is right, but Dr. Strange also is a hyper-intelligent adult wizard who understands, like, complexities of the universe. I expect him to get it right, you know what I mean? That's and, true. You know, so so it, it was a little in character for me for him to uh, to make mistakes. And he and he does. He trusts the wrong... He, he shouldn't have trusted Dr. Osborne, totally manipulated him. I really like the scene where he's, like, starting to realize it, though, because of his spider stance. Yeah. And he's, like, and he's, like, walking around, and he's, like, somebody somebody's in here, you know what I mean? I thought yeah. I was tight. But, um, so yeah, that's, that's my, that would be my rebuttal to that, which was, which was a good point that you're making. Yeah. And, and, you know, the one thing I, I did enjoy is, uh, the other thing I, I thought was kind of cool is the, um, I, I, even though I knew it was going to happen, I knew it was coming a mile away. I actually really liked seeing Andrew Garfield and, yeah. Again, unpopular opinion. I thought Andrew Garfield stole the show, as far as I was concerned. Then, like, so here's a question: How would you rank? You ranked them before, but after seeing this movie, who do you say like number one is your favorite? Three oh, yeah. is your least favorite. Like, how do you rank the? Uh, I guess how would you rate the the Spider Man or the Peter Parkers? I would go number one. I would definitely say Spider Man. Two probably would have to say Spider Man, but, okay. but three, three would be Spider Man. You know, you pulled <laughs> in with the clutch. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, um, but no, number one would definitely be Peter Parker. <laughs> uh, damn it! I fell for it twice. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, in this particular movie, I think you're right. I think uh, for some reason, I think maybe because. I don't know why the reason, but he, yeah, Andrew Garfield definitely stole the show. Um, but I think the writing was so good. The dynamics of them together was so good. The movie they fell in was so good that I would have to put them all on an evil, even playing field. I couldn't, I, I couldn't rank yeah. one unless you're talking about a specific moment or something. I don't think I could really say one. Okay. So so one scene that one scene I really liked is right after May dies. Which, by the way, that fight felt brutal. That that scene where they're fighting in uh, uh, it's not Foggy Nelson. I don't remember what his name. Happy Happy Hogan. He did play Foggy though. He could have. He did play Foggy. Oh, you're you're right. I forgot he did play Foggy Nelson in that in Daredevil. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So. But uh, when they're fighting in that high rise or whatever, and um, uh, what is it? Uh, J. Jonah Jameson's like expecting to get a photo op of Spider Man fighting all the villains or whatever to make him look like the bad guy. Like, I felt like that fight sequence was so brutal because Norman is being just. Norman's actually like, I will say the one thing that I like about this movie in certain scenes is the action sequences are a little better shot. Like the first one, you're kind of having to work with people. You're working very little with special effects. It's all like stages and, you know, all that stuff and green screen, not a lot of CG at least. And in this one, they get a little bit more of an opportunity to do CG and stuff with the fight scenes. And it looks incredible. Like a lot of like that whole fight scene with like, you got shocker doing his thing. You've got Norman Osborn doing his thing. You got lizard running around like, I don't know. Should I, be said, 
I'm sitting there watching this action scene, right? And yeah. and the three Spider-Mans are there. And I'm like, I cannot believe that I'm watching this right now, that this is actually yeah. even happening. You know what I mean? And it's perfect for me. I I remember walking all the way down to the theater with my little brother to see the first Spider-Man when I was a kid, you know? And just yeah. walking out of that theater like, well, the whole time thinking how awesome it would be. And then um, every few years, watching the newest one and liking every one, there wasn't a Spider-Man movie I didn't like. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they they all came together, uh, Andrew Garfield kind of got a um, a little bit of a bad rap with his, but they kind of mentioned it too. He's like, "Oh, I mean, I'm jealous, you guys. I only fought a, a freshman in a, yeah. a, a dinosaur <laughs> costume." But also it was, um, and, you know, and he redeemed himself by catching MJ, uh, which I thought was really good and emotional. Um, and uh, and um, Luke Frigno, who played the original, no, not Luke Frigno. Um, Toby oh, McGuire. Toby McGuire. Who's Luke Frigno? He was the Hulk. The, the, the TV show. Hulk. No, that was, that was um, oh, the original Hulk. Yeah. No, that's that, was, a- that was Edward Norton. No, Eric Bana was in the 2003 Hulk, and then Edward Norton is in the Incredible Hulk movie. So who's Luke Frigno? Luke Frigno was the TV show, The Hulk. Oh, like the, the spray-painted was... guy. Oh, my yeah. God. Why did I say that? Anyways, um, so, uh, yeah, um, Tobey Maguire didn't miss a beat, came back. He saw that Spider-Man quirkiness, but a little bit I, more aged up. I that was the one thing. I was watching this movie and I'm sitting here going, did they CGI Tobey Maguire for this movie? And I'm so glad to hear, because I was like, am I supposed to believe he's 20, 19, 20 years old? He's like, no, there's that part where uh, Doc Ock's like, oh, Peter, looks like you've grown. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, it's just been years and we learned to figure it out. And I was like, good, I'm not pretending he's. 25 years old like i was yeah. okay with that uh one thing that I, the scene i was thinking of that i really liked where if i had to rank uh i actually found toby mcguire kind of tired like i don't know if it's because he's been so far away from spider-man but i didn't feel it from like when i was a kid i would say he was the best spider-man i didn't have an opinion on andrew garfield because i've only seen one movie and it was fine and then there was um uh what tom holland and now i almost would say tom holland is good but i'd say andrew garfield like the part where they're on the rooftop talking about like you know oh my aunt may is dead and everything else and with great power comes great responsibility and then andrew garfield is like he's making me feel sad because it's like i'm familiar enough with spider-man 2 to know like uh Gwen Stacy dies in that movie and I know how she dies like it's so and he's going he's like wow we really crapped all like not me in gen but everybody in general crapped all over Andrew Garfield and it's like no this dude's actually a good actor like it's it's how everybody's gonna feel when they when they redeem the Jar Jar Binks character oh yeah the Jar Jar Binks I'm looking forward to that Disney plus special yeah, I'll watch it. He's a Jedi now. <laughs> oh, dude, I uh, would totally watch it. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I, to- I totally agree with you there. I think um, 
Man, Tom Holland was even talking about he might not want to come back. He's not sure. If they come back with Andrew Garfield, I wouldn't be upset. I think um, he's, he's, I think he's, that would – I would be totally fine with that. Like, the thing I think is we we were all a bunch of crappy kids back then. I think our biggest problem with Amazing Spider-Man, I think, was they tried to do the whole, you know, Uncle Ben, Aunt May thing a second time and at, right after we had a movie that did that perfectly the first time. And then the it's like with those movies where it was also the trailers, like the, I, I, I don't want to spoil the movie for you for Amazing Spider-Man too, but this was in the trailer anyways, but there's this cool scene that looks where he's like, he's webbed up a uh, manhole cover and he's spinning it around to hit it at the rhino and it goes like this and it cuts to black in the trailer. Yeah. Well in the movie it goes like that and it cuts to black to the credits. They showed the last scene of the movie in this Oh, really? And That's that, like, so dumb. So you're expecting to see this huge fight. That's why, like, when uh, I was watching Endgame, yeah. and, like, um, and, like, like you know, it's, like, on your left, and they all get like this, and they're all ready to battle, and they're running mm-hmm. towards each other. For some reason, I thought it was going to cut and, or something. I was like, so used to being abused. Because that's what they did in the trailer for Infinity War. It's literally like that scene that does that's not in the movie where you see uh Incredible Hulk is running and they're like all running to go into the fight, you know, or whatever to save uh yeah. uh vision or whatever. And it's like then when they put it in the movie, they can't spoil that Hulk is not Hulk in that movie, so he's in the, the Hulk Buster suit instead. Like yeah, they that, stuff like that. I don't mind if it's to keep a secret that, like, even like when like there was a scene when like they were showing Captain America holding Thanos's glove like back, and they didn't show it only showed two stones, but in that scene, he oh, actually wow. had all four stones. I didn't even Just realize that little stuff like that to trick us, you know. But um, but uh, yeah, it was um. This movie, I, I just, um, I, I loved every moment of it. I'm so happy that it wasn't some quick, cheesy cameo for the other two Spider-Mans. They, 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 when they came in the movie, they were in it, you know, and they had, there's a lot of great moments or the jokes about the, his organic webs. I thought that was pretty funny. I, I, or, or, the part, for or the part where they're talking about like, oh, I, I worked, we haven't, we really never worked you know, with people, but I work with the Avengers. Are you in a band? Is the Avengers a band? We didn't have that. Like, I thought that was kind of funny. Like, or what a great moment when, when they're like, all right, let's do this. We got this. And he goes, wait, Andrew Garfield, I love you guys. Yeah. Great. I thought that stuff was sweet. Like, I like that stuff. Um, that ending is certainly bittersweet. Like, I, I don't hate the ending. I think the ending is... The one part that the one thing I like about this movie is there's a lot more. It feels like there's more quiet time in between all the action, which it's been a while since I've seen Homecoming. But one of my things is like they're talking to each other. There's more communication and things like that. And then a big action set piece happens. Like, I don't know. I feel like they're trying to do more. They're trying to flesh out these characters more, which is a problem that I think a lot of people complained about with that Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, at least from what I'd heard, or like um, like other superhero movies. Like the more villains you put into it, the more crazy it becomes, and it's like it becomes unwieldy. And I think that kind of works well because it's like they give them all equal amount of time and, you know, Kurt Connors is this and... 
uh, Electro was this and all that. Like, yeah, and 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 it's funny because the Sandman he actually had a different reason for he just wanted to get back to his daughter. Yeah, you know what I mean, uh, the other guy, you know, um, I forget his name, uh, Electro. He just mm-hmm. wanted um, power, uh, literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the lizard I thought was the weakest one, maybe, but he was. But you know. but if you remember, his thing was that Kurt Connors only has one arm, and it's like, well, if you can use lizard cells or whatever to regenerate his limbs like a lizard does, then he'll be fine. Which I love that they just kind of like, oh wait, I've actually fought him before, so I have the cure for that one, so we're good. Like. I thought yeah, that was that so was funny. Tough. Yeah, I thought that yeah. was pretty good. And then working on science together, or Ned's found out about the other Spider-Man's best friends betraying him and trying to kill him, and he goes, "I'll never turn into a supervillain and kill you." And I liked how he had like a little bit of magic powers. He was able to open the portals. I thought, that yeah. Was and I really liked how um, you're like, damn, there's no way Spider-Man could be Doctor Strange, and he does it using using math. He's I like, love that. That sequence yeah. was giving me a headache, but I was at all in on it. That the train or whatever that's like floating yeah. through the multiverses and stuff, or or it's like kaleidoscope vision. The mirror scope, the mirror dimension. Yeah, he's like, oh my god, we're in a quadrilateral tetrahedron. That's <laughs> like that. Yeah. I, I thought that was fantastic. Like I was on board for whatever the movie is gonna give me from there on. Like and I still enjoyed it. Like, I don't want it to be misconstrued. I still enjoyed it. It's still... Go Let see me ask it. you this. Out of yeah. the three Spider-Mans, the three newest ones with Tom Holland, which one's your favorite? What you say? You know, I, I, if I had to rank them, uh, Homecoming you have, is... Yes, you have to rank them. Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Homecoming is probably my favorite one. And I think I like that one because it's, you know... It's still set in the MCU kind of stuff. I think it's much more down to earth. It's also got, you know, you're going to get one shot at a first Spider-Man movie. And what I like is like, he's still a kid and he's got Tony Stark as his, you know, is his, his father figure and stuff like that. Still that stuff really worked for me. Uh, Then I would say this. And then I would say No Way Home is the, my least favorite. I I will have a hard time wanting to go back to No Way Home. I'll still watch it again, but I'm not enjoying myself near as much as I would be with this one, and definitely not with Homecoming. Okay, uh, I, I like that. I um, if I had to rank mine real quick, I would say just kind of flip it. I would say this is my favorite one. A great uh, the middle one would be. Um, uh, one with Magneto, uh, not Magneto, um, uh, oh, uh, and, far from home, yeah, and then the homecoming would be my least favorite, interesting. But, but that being said, they're like really close scale. Actually, it'd probably be like it'd be if I'm doing a visual scale, it'd be like homecoming here, far from home, just a little tiny bit more, and then this one way like you know, in masterpiece level. I think you know what my pancake score is going to be. <laughs> probably uh i'll say we'll get into the pancakes real quick but get so how long had you seen the so i've only seen it for the first time uh, uh no way home um uh, is the doctor strange stinger thing was that available for everybody because i heard they'll eventually 
like throw trailers into those movies. Like they basically like they'll drop one scene and then like two or three weeks down the road, if people are still seeing the movie, it's basically like a full trailer of the whole film. Was a full trailer for Multiverse of Madness at the end of your screening? Or how long? When did you see it, I guess? Um, I saw it opening night. Um, okay. But I I didn't stick around for the end credits. I sometimes often don't. I know that's bad, bad or whatever, but you can always look it, look it up online when you get home. That's true. And, and then you can beat the crowds out. But... um. <laughs> um yeah i uh i don't remember so i couldn't answer that although i have seen the the trailers for um that movie i'm super excited since i've seen that trailer and mm-hmm. the visuals in that and sam raimi's directing and uh ben Arlitz humberlatch is a is great doctor strange and um, they brought Mordor back. They brought, you know, what I mean, but it's like a, a variant of him. I'm pretty sure Patrick Stewart's in it. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. I've, well, his voice is in the trailer. Really? I yeah, I've, again, I haven't seen the trailer. I've oh, only yeah, seen so, that one clip. I've seen that the stinger scene, and yeah, no, I was super excited because when I saw that, I was watching, you know, my wife. And I'm like, oh my god, really? And then at one point, I see Shuma Garath, and I just went. Shuma Garath, oh my god, like, <laughs> that's, like, I am so, like, me, and maybe I'm grading it on a curve, like, I like the Spider-Man movies or something, but I love Doctor Strange, so I'm down for whatever that's going to be. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't want, so, yeah, we can go ahead and get into the uh, the, the the pancakes rating, so, uh, what would you give your pancake score? Um, well, you know, just by how I've been talking about it, it's probably pretty obvious, but it's going to be a, a perfect score, the best score you can get. And I might be fanboying a little bit, but it was fan service. Like you wouldn't believe I was getting five star service. It's like being first class and they're giving me caviar. That's the type of service I want. I didn't feel cheesy at all. Super enjoyed it. You know, I, I would, I will, as soon as this movie comes on Blu-ray, I'm going to get the 4K version. I'm going to watch it in all its glory um and enjoy it and this gets a perfect score for me which is the five pancakes plus the syrup nice uh my score is not quite as favorable but it's still good uh i would say it's three pancakes with the syrup so a three and a half star movie i think it's fun i i think it's enjoyable um and 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 if it makes you feel better my personal rankings of those other spider-man movies not like there's none almost none of the mcu movies are five-star movies to me so for me to like homecoming is a four pancake movie i think uh far from home is a three so this is a three and a half it's still good like you have to take my opinion with a grain of salt i i'm taking a different thing out of them than most people are as an adventure action superhero sci-fi movie have i seen better marvel movies i'm sure i have but i still had fun with this so yeah uh it's it's still on the positive side yeah Uh, yeah. i haven't seen a marvel movie the only marvel movies i've seen i haven't seen thor the dark world uh, the only one I've seen that really feels like a, a, a thud is Ant-Man and the Wasp. I didn't care for that one that much. Yeah, I get wow. it. I get it. I get it. It has Paul Rudd in it. I know. Paul. I you love just, Paul Rudd. You can just pause it on, on the shot of Paul Rudd 
Yeah. Five pancakes plus a syrup right there. And see, that's the thing is, it, you know, <laughs> that movie, I'd give that movie five pancakes of the syrup, but I don't like everything else about the movie. Like, he's great. I love Paul Rudd. He's fantastic. Uh, I, I would probably say, give Ant-Man and Wasp the same score you gave uh, Homecoming. Uh, see, I would give Ant-Man, the first Ant-Man is a four pancake movie. I thought that was more fun than it ever had to be. It's super funny, super charming. I, it's ridiculous. But I had fun with that as a movie. Ant-Man and the Wasp, once it gets into like the weird, like small like oh no and it turns out she's like a ghost or whatever like coming off the heels of endgame or uh of infinity war it felt like a thud to me like it and the reason why for me the biggest issue is i don't like that stinger scene the stinger scene really uh, like angered me a little bit because if you remember the end of that movie he like tricks down yeah, he gets shrunk down to like that microscopic form right as everybody disappears because of the uh, the snap. And then it's like, well, he's trapped in that little tiny verse for like five years or whatever. Like, but for I him, love- it was only it was only five hours. Yeah. So like the way the time differential worked, like he they, he shrunk down. He was in the uh, he was in the microverse or whatever. Everybody else died from COVID. And <laughs> it felt like it, didn't it? That's not what I'm about to say. Got dusted. Um, and he was down there for five hours. He came out and it was five years later. Right. So, and, that, and that's what got him thinking. Oh, we time works different here. Tony Stark can invent time travel in his basement in a couple hours. That's the, and that's the thing. Like I could work with that because of that movie, but I, I seriously saw Ant-Man and the Wasp, like, four days before I saw Endgame in theaters because it was like I I, I oh, couldn't wait. I had FOMO something fierce. I did not want to have Endgame spoiled for me. So I saw it like the third day it was in theaters because I didn't I didn't want anyone to ruin it for me. Yeah. Which me I clearly should have done with I've, this I've, Spider-Man movie. I've had social media ruin movies for me too many times for me not to go see the ones that I really want to see right away. Right. Uh, most of the one I just did that with. Um, I was like, I, oh, it was Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. I just, I like, I kind of knew a lot of the spoilers already, but I didn't want any of the surprises to get ruined for me. And I was so glad I did. Like, right after I got home, I um, I, I was seeing memes on the internet. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm sure you saw, I'm sure you saw a bunch of memes that confirmed some stuff for you um, that you probably didn't know. I don't, you know what I mean? I, um, I strangely avoided the memes. The things that ruined that movie for me were the fact that it's like I knew that they were going to have the villains and the heroes from those movies. Like the movie really wasn't ruined for me, but I felt like I like I don't know, like maybe I was anticipating things were going to happen. Maybe that was my problem with it is like I knew that something was going to happen. Like when Aunt, Aunt May died. I kind of felt like I knew that was going to happen. I don't know how. As soon as you said, uh, with great power must come great responsibility, which was a good dig to the comic books, because that's how yeah. you said. But um, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, she, she, she's probably going to die. She did the ben, Uncle Ben thing. But the way that they gave her, like, the walking death, which is, like, a real thing, and she's just in shock, so she didn't realize she was dying. 
Yeah. Um, it just, and that scene, man, she, that was, I was, um, so it's good that we did watch this because it was nominated for an Oscar. So you got that off the list there for our, our huge list of Oscar movies we got to watch. Right. Do, do you feel like, well, I know you only gave it a 3.5, but do you feel like it should have gotten, um, like, any any best supporting noms? You know, any, any I, I said adaptation this, noms? You know, for best adapted, that's a tough one because its biggest problem is it's not really adapting one thing. Like Logan yeah, is adapting fair. old man Logan. That's like that. And that actually got a best adapted screenplay nomination, which it didn't win, but I still think it deserved the ability to, if I had to give a gr- a good supporting actor performance, you know, who I'd give it to is Andrew Garfield, like double dip. Cause he is getting the best support. He's getting the best act leading actor for tick, tick, boom. And then just give him like the best supporting nod in Spider-Man no way home. He kind of brings it in a way that I feel like, I don't know. It's kind of like the Robert Pattinson thing now where everyone was kind of like, Oh, sparkly vampires is going to be Batman. But it's like, have you seen everything he's done post Twilight? He's actually a good actor. We can stop pretending he's a, he's a, he's Twilight anymore. Like yeah, and and I just watched when I went and saw Moonfall. A Batman trailer was in front of it. I was like, wow, that looks really good. I'm still excited about it. We might have to watch it real soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, uh, and again, uh, no, very few Marvel movies crack my top five like or not crack my top five there's none of them i'd give a five star if you really want that list i can give you that i think that should be a future episode maybe list but very few okay i'm down for that so uh so yeah so for our reviews for today we gave moonfall uh what was mine is a a three pancakes we had we had the same score we both gave threes on uh moonfall Right, and then yeah. as far as uh, Spider-Man Far, uh, no, Spider-Man No Way Home goes, uh, I gave it three pancakes with the syrup. Five pancakes with the syrup for me. Perfect score. Ding, ding, ding. Nice. More, please. <laughs> uh, you have heard the one thing about that is, I guess, when they did the movie, uh, they were originally not going to do this, and then Tom Holland was like, what if we strike a deal and Spider-Man can still be in the new, like, DC like DC in the new Disney like movies and stuff like that and he can also work with uh Columbia Pictures or whatever TriStar Sorry. Pictures. So I don't think he's done yet. I think he's still going to do whatever they tell him to. I'd be curious to see so have you seen the previews? I guess we can go into this now cuz now we're kind of caught up on Marvel movies. Do you think Morbius and Venom are going to be tied up in any of those movies? No, I don't. I think because there was a stinger that I saw right after the like the first part of the credits for No Way Home, which involved Venom, and he. So he's not obviously in the the Tom Holland universe because um, he. Uh, got transferred out when they did. Remember, he left a little bit of symbiote behind. So, Oh, you're right. Yeah, so he's not in the Tom Holland universe. And I know he's in the same universe as Morbius because in the trailer for Morbius, this guy's like, who are you? He goes, I'm Venom. He's like, just kidding. 
So they're in the same universe together, and they're both not in the Tom Holland universe. See, so but that that, but, that begs the question: Who is their Spider-Man? I see. I disagree because if you pay attention to the trailers for uh, for uh, Mobius, there's that part where you see uh, Michael Keaton standing there in a orange jumpsuit. He's like, "Hey, we should be buddies and hang out together, or whatever." And he's Vulture in Homecoming. They but, like put him in the it, trailers. But he might be a variant of Vulture in this um, universe. Maybe I was going to say, or, I kept... or in that case, what is what is Morbius referencing when he tells that guy, "I'm Venom." Just kidding. I guess that's a reference to the Lost Boys. Apparently, that's like a because it's that's a movie about vampires. Like, I don't know. That's what I've heard. Is it's like a Lost Boys reference? But he like makes a Venom face. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm i not sure how I feel about Mobius. That movie's been pushed back three times, so they clearly have a lot of faith in it. I guess its new release date's April 1st, so I'm waiting for them to push it back to, like, May 15th or whatever. I hope yeah, it's good. Um, I've never judged a movie before I watched it, so it, That's uh, fair. It, it might be great. It might be great. We'll find that out for sure. But there's movies that I'm more excited about than others. Um I think it I think it has a chance to be really good. Um the ven the um vampire things kind of died out, so maybe it can come back. Blade's coming back. Uh, oh god, I forgot they are doing a blade movie. Yeah, I'm sure. Have you heard it's gonna be played? Yeah, I'm so down for that. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. So yeah, I mean we have a lot to look forward to. Um speaking of looking forward to next week. Um, the good news is we are, um, how do we say it, hiatus? We'll be on a hiatus, right? Yes, we will be taking a week off. As uh, Risky mentioned at the top of the show, he is going to be uh, doing a little bit of uh, busyness out Traveling. in the world. Uh, so uh, we opted to take the week off. So for most of you that are listening, rabid listeners, because Believe it or not, Risky, uh, we do have people messaging us. They didn't know if we were still on Spotify or not, following yep. all that stuff going on there. So they are happy we are recording episodes. Uh, so we are telling everybody now we're taking the week off, give Risky a bit of time to recuperate. and But we're on, not taking a week off of watching movies. I'll still be watching movies. No, no, no. We're still going to be <laughs> watching movies. Uh, in fact, for next movie, we're only going to do one. And this is obviously a spoiler podcast. So uh, I think we're in agreement. Did we want to do the Batman next? Yes. Yes. So Matt Reeves, the Batman, will be going back out to theaters to see that. Uh, judging by how popular this movie is going to be, we almost need the week away because I don't, unless you pre order tickets, I don't think any, either of us are going to get in opening night unless you pre ordered. Well, I'm an AMC Stubbs list member. Yeah, thank you thank you thank you uh, so we'll be taking a, a week off to let risky kind of get over his jet lag and sort of not have to rush the show um when we come back the week after we will do a spoilery episode on matt reeves the batman from 2022 starring robert pattinson and i'm going to throw this out to you risky since we are recording how about for our ranking give our fans a little something to do with their spare time 
what if we rank all of our favorite Batman movies? Okay. See. Yep. So, so now, does this doing... include animated too? Oh, we can do that. I had, I was going to say, let's keep it to the movies. So, okay. so I would say a ba- mask of the phantasm is definitely a movie. I've never seen Re- uh, revenge of the Joker, that Batman beyond movie, but if you want to throw that in there, we're down. Uh, we'll have to agree on that beforehand or we, before we record, but I was going to say, instead of doing a top five, cause we're only doing one movie this week. What if we just rank our favorite Batman movies from the best to the bat nippliest Batman movies. <laughs> okay. But just a movie. Okay. All right. All that right. doesn't necessarily mean Batman and Robin is the worst movie on the list. <laughs> we might surprise you. So it might be my number one. You, you never know. Ooh. No, you, you definitely, you definitely know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I was going to say, how does that sound? Yeah. And then who knows what our number one could be. Hopefully we'll have a brand new thing to add. You know what I mean? Because yes, with, uh, with the consideration that we will throw the Batman into this listing. So awesome. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. it's going to be a fun episode. And then um, at the top of the, um, at the top of the episode, I'll, we'll talk about uh, just whichever of the, um, at least uh, whatever of the uh, Oscar movies we've seen so far, we're trying to uh, watch all those leading up to our Oscar spectacular <laughs> or whatever we want to call it. No, I like um, that. Yeah, and then yeah, so I'm I'm excited, man. Um, I hope you have a good week, a good two weeks, and um, for those are waiting well by the time you hear this the previous episode will be out already but this episode will be out well i can't tell you when this episode is gonna be out during this episode this stuff i will (laughs) i will talk to risky we'll try to nail it out but uh yeah we'll try to upload this one with a little we'll try to upload this one kind of yeah but by the time they've heard us saying this it will have been uploaded oh that's right yeah. Well, maybe we yeah, can touch with Doctor Strange, have him yeah. do a time spell so we can rewind this ever having this conversation, and then nobody yeah. heard it. Yeah, yeah. I, that whole movie could have been avoided if uh, if he would have just, like, talked about what they're going to do first and then done the spell. Um, oh, what like we got to do... So, Doctor Strange, what we have to do is we have to listen to the Movies for Breakfast podcast. They're going <laughs> to tell us exactly how we'll fix this, and then everything will be just right. <laughs> awesome man I appreciate it alright man I'm going to remind you guys one more time make sure you like and subscribe leave a comment and a review on uh, iTunes because that really pushes it up and feeds the algorithm gods and um, yeah have a good week in movies enjoy your breakfast real quick real quick I will say this right now uh, I will be I'm now posting this for everybody uh, I do have a Letterboxd account, L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D. Uh, I will put my account in the show notes. That's going to be the way, if you want to know my opinion of certain movies, I will post them. For example, I didn't post my opinions on Moonfall and Spider-Man, just that I saw it. But if anyone wants to know my other opinions on movies, check out that list, get an idea from there, and I'll put that link in the show notes. Yeah, I was reading through read through your letterbox it's it's, it's it's good quick interesting reads uh we got a lot of them on there so if you guys are movie fans i highly recommend his um i recommend his uh letterbox there 
And um, yeah, man, good job. Shameless self plug. I'm gonna throw in too. Might as well. Risky in real life. You can follow my adventures as I go to um, uh, Florida and Oregon and everything I'm doing. Uh, so that's Risky in real life on YouTube. But uh, don't forget to watch some movies too. We love you guys. All right. Have a good night, everyone. Yep. Yep. Be risky and 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 love. It. <laughs>